we see we see the value of all this in a very exciting sort of way, in the same way that jumping from Trello to Monday did, and Monday to ClickUp did. Uh, ClickUp to this seems like the same thing again. It's that meme of the exploding brain thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But now we're very sensitive to the question of yeah, but like, does it work though? <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 317 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm sleepy. I'm Sam and I'm in a new room. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June 24th, 2021. Dunk on everyone. And before we get started, there's a warning, there's gonna be profanity in this show. So, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy that. Warning, you're about to have a really fucking good time. Yeah. yeah see, like, like, as soon as the warning is done, we're in it. Yep. So I hope you, I hope you, yep. I hope you turned it off by now if that's going to be a problem. Uh, also, we'd like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. We got a donation from uh, Kotsman, who says, Kotsman. thanks for making such a kick-ass podcast. It got me through the quarantine, and I listened to every single episode. Oh. Even the early ones you foolishly thought you could hide from me. <laughs> or that you here's foolishly <laughs> thought you should dig up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's some money for not washing my brain with bleach ads. P.S. You all sound <laughs> super witty at 2x speed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, that's a lesson we could all, we could all take. That's true. Uh, although I – Well, I guess a, a, I, a synonym for someone being witty is being quick. Right? Quick. So yeah. I guess as soon as you speed up a podcast, you're like, wow, everyone's just so with it. Yep. But also – you know, there's a difference between like um, like a sprint and a marathon. You know, like if if someone's quick, but also they're quick for a long time. You know, that's mm-hmm. too much. That's mm-hmm. too much. <laughs> Gotta pace if, you ever, if you ever you ever met a fast talker who just has a lot to say about everything, you know, you just you need some naps. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes. Uh, and also, of course, we would like to thank our recurring supporters who uh, donate monthly through the. Uh, Kofi app over at moneygrab.bsketch.net. Thank you very much. Now let's talk about life. Uh, big moves this week. I'm trying out a dog. I'm doing a dog trial. Is that like where uh, they? Is it like a Hello Fresh ten free days of? Yeah, they things? just ship you. They just ship you a dog, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and then you got to build it. You got to build it yourself, though. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, you but there's no the leftovers. Together. You know. That's true. Yeah. Supposedly which is, very green, which sounds like complete horseshit. Yeah, but, but the problem is that is you know it's like oh yeah, there's no leftovers, which is good for the environment. Except you know they like you can ship you the dog in a yep. in a box, and then you got to throw the box away. And then yep. there's a truck. There's a whole thing in those cooling uh, gel packs, and you're like, what do I do with this? This clearly is it's not like a thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, it keeps the dog cool, but like, is the gel pack biodegradable? You know, exactly. I don't know. Not. Probably not. Um, also, but, is the but gel in there dog safe? Like, what if the dog eats the gel? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, the dog won't eat anything until you've assembled them. You no, know? That's so that's point. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like an it's like an IKEA chair that you can't sit on yet because yeah. it's just, you know pieces. So you got to keep all the meat bits cold. It's basically cryogenically delivered, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but for real though, we got this dog um, at through through a foster through a rescue uh, program called Diamonds in the Rough. R U F F. No, nice. stop. <laughs> nice. Uh, it pet, is a every pet fucking pet institution like is just dripping in puns. There's just no every single. It's because it's all about fun, you know. It's yeah. because they're just they're just good people trying to help just animals. Just a good yeah, time. I got my last cat from Tenth Life. You know. Yep. Oh shit, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, and of course, I, I think what's you know, it's always good to try to do a rescue thing if you can. 
um, because because these these dogs are having a hard time or cats or whatever. And neuter your dang animals. Shit. Don't let them make any more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so we got this uh, 45 pound, uh, just like to- like jet black pit bull. Except for her back um, Except for her. The back toes are white. Which is fucking uh, adorable. Which is pretty <laughs> adorable. But she – so for starters, like I thought pit bulls were a lot bigger than that. But no, she's 45 pounds. It's, and they just kind of look big because they have a big head. Yeah. I think they are. You know? I think, and I they think got, she's and they got, mostly like, pit bull. I don't think she's a, just all the way there or at least she's not like the standard breed because the standard breed, like their fucking heads are even bigger. And they're even bigger. That's true. You know? they're, yep. People call them velvet hippos because they're like hippos. <laughs> <giant head. laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's been interesting because I, you can kind of tell what a what a rescue dog has been through in some cases kind of based on their, you know, f- phobias and and like mm-hmm. just how they behave around certain things, and so uh, I'm I'm pretty convinced that this dog was in a in a household where the the male figure was a, abusive toward both the dog and the the spouse uh, because we got this dog. Her name's Bella. So far, we will probably rename her, but uh, if we keep her, mm-hmm. and she just she just got on Sampy like glue. Like as soon as she saw Sampy, my wife, she's this dog's just like, yep, this is my person. Um, but she kind of viewed me as someone who like she who who needs to be like kept at bay from the wife. Mm, you're you know? suspect. So she's like, it's taken me quite a while to kind of like get her. It's just been like a lot of treats, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of bribes. Um, but she's coming around. But I still notice that, for example, like if Sampy's laying down on the couch, um, then Bella will be there like right next to her. And if I come into the room, then Bella's like, okay, Sampy's – Laying down, she's in a vulnerable position. You know, I need to protect her. So, so Bella will growl at me, but I'll I'll walk up to her, and sh- and she'll still let me pet her because I like she kind of knows that like I'm okay now, but she's still not like, mm-hmm. she's still not there yet. It takes yeah. a while to seep in all the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so it's there's there's this like trust building exercise, and then of course it's like you gotta introduce the dog to like other people and like really get them to like learn unlearn all of the bad shit that's happened to them, and you can never quite all the way get there, I think, because mm-hmm. it's it's in there now. It's like PTSD, like it's it's scarring. Um, but like I don't know, it's it's a rewarding thing to do, I think. Now, as far as so, the reason you got this dog, it was. Just to kind of go all the way back to the top, why did you decide to get a second dog? Given that we talked about Coco being an energetic monster in the past. Um, so we've always wanted a second dog, um, but there there needed to be like – things needed to be set up so that that would be feasible, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're both working from home now. And one of the big things was getting the dog out of the bed because Coco slept in our bed. Mm-hmm. Which is like like anybody who sleeps with pets is like it's the biggest blurs on the planet, you know, because it's like it's adorable, but also it's the it's the fucking worst because <laughs> <laughs> yes. they don't sleep calmly and like they're sometimes they've got knives for feet or whatever, yep. and that kind of hurts. Um, or they'll just like suddenly blast into a sneezing fit at two o'clock in the morning. Or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I think it's the case with like. Any any extra living organism you add to your sleeping situation, whether it's a, a human baby or a dog or whatever, like that's or, or just, a human significant other, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, or just another or just another per like another yeah. adult person, it's like that's just one more layer of chaos that could suddenly blast you awake in the middle of the night, right? Um, so the first phase was just like getting Coco out of our bed permanently 
sleeping in other places. We did that. Um, and then also over the past few weeks, as we were uh, kind of like helping uh, Sam and Diana get their move settled, we had we were watching their dog, Yogi. Mm-hmm. So we had two dogs in the house for a while, which was great and manageable, and, and we loved it. Um, and then there was like this this peak moment where Sam and Diana were staying with us for a week, and Yogi was there, mm-hmm. and we had ourselves and our dogs. We had six beings in the house. So the house and that was also and pretty great. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then and then as soon as Sam and Diana left, it was like, like okay, yeah, there's a void here. <laughs> <laughs> put a dog uh, in this void. Yep. Put a dog. Put a dog in there. Um, and just by by chance, we just kind of like stumbled across this uh, this dog that kind of like. Checked, checked most of our boxes and, and we're just like, yep, let's try it out. So that's right. Uh, it's been, it's been interesting. I will say it was, it was kind of emotionally tough for me where like bringing this dog in who like is clearly just terrified of me. Yeah. And like, I just want to help, you know? Um, and like at, on day two, she kind of came up and, and like gave me some kisses, you know, I'm just like, oh my God. I cried a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. It makes so, it all you know, it makes it all sweeter in that in that regard, you know. Once once the ice starts to thaw on those things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and also we're going to be like working on introducing her to other people. So we're going to see if we can get Adam and Jenny to come over just for a little bit, you know, on the weekend. See how she does with visit. You know, there's a whole there's a whole process, but mm-hmm. um, just just the sweetest dog. And I think the other kind of hard part about it is the the stereotype about pit bulls, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like people say they're just they're just innately aggressive. They have uh, people use the term lockjaw to describe their bite as if they somehow have some like magic thing about their mouth that makes it impossible to like get them off of something. Yeah. It's not a nurse shark. Uh, it's still a Which dog. is literally just made up. Like that's not a real thing. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that's how all dogs, if they're trying to bite something, they bite and they hold. That's, that's, the, that's what yep. that's, every dog That's what they does. do. Yep. Uh, like bite strength wise, they're not even close to the top. Um, and it's also it's also a circular stereotype problem, right? Because if, if people believe that pit bulls are aggressive, then people specifically uh, acquire them to be like attack dogs, guard dogs for dog right. fights, you know, whatever. They end up in abusive, really bad situations, and now they're emotionally scarred. And, and that they are dog aggressive. is that dog yeah. is aggressive now, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, part of this is like also wanting to, uh, break the cycle, you know, where like we have a house, nobody can tell us we can't have a pit bull, mm-hmm. right? So we're yeah. going to, we're going to, we're going to try to like bring some good in the world by getting this dog, uh, teaching it to love people and, and, uh, or I guess like to love, I guess men, cause it are, she already <laughs> loves dogs and yeah. women. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and then like, just kind of like help to, to get other people introduced to like a nice, a nice pit bull, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's been going on. It's been, a, it's been a lot, but it's been a lot of fun. It's exciting. Uh, so let's talk about studio news. What do we got? What's happening? So we got, we got kind of an interesting, uh, t- I don't see like a tangle, a tangle of, of issues that all kind of come together. So we're just mm-hmm. going to talk about it, uh, all at once, which is, which is, Listeners of our podcast know that we switched to using ClickUp a while back. About um, seven oh. months ago. It was last December, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, of course, always trying to find new and better ways to manage our work and to just have it be easier to do everything. Um, this kind of came about with our our DevOps transition, where prior to, I guess, 2018, uh, 18, we just kind of did random shit at random. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we had no real good systems for managing our work. And in 2018, we picked up uh, Trello and we started using that to coordinate and manage things. But of course, Trello has a very specific bias. It's like, it's it's a Kanban board and that that's just what it is. And frankly, it's really good. It is very good at that job. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you are having like multiple departments that all need to work on like different pieces of tasks independently, but also handing things off. It doesn't provide tools for high-level project management. Yeah, yes. you, yeah you got projects. You, and, then you, and then also we have things like tracking different versions of our games, right? Uh, Kanban board doesn't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so eventually we switched from Trello to Monday <clears throat> because Monday allowed for a lot of flexibility in how you visualize things. So it let us make things like a game versions board and to create different ways to view the same information. Mm-hmm. Um, but Monday also was pretty static and like its feature set hadn't grown really. Uh, when it wasn't made time. for managing like software and tech projects, right? Like. Like you, you can yeah. like you can do it, but but the stuff, some of the stuff that's really important to the kind of work that we do is being able to see visuals of things, right? But you couldn't attach pictures and have those be visible, for example, right? Yeah, you'd like download them and look at them separately, mm-hmm. and, and and like the medium of exchange of text information in the tech world is mark is Markdown, which is just a a, a way of writing stuff so that it can be formatted nicely, uh, and had no support for that. And, right. and like no no keyboard shortcuts. Um, their and their Kanban board was garbage. Their com their Kanban view. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so and, actually, it kind uh, of forced everybody to work in a different like a list view sort of a thing. Yeah, which had had its own blurses. Which had its own, but it was still. But now because we could kind of project manage from there, then and we, also we moved ahead in that department. We moved ahead significantly in that department, uh, and we were able to come up with new strategies for how we were managing uh, the the overall work in the studio because of the stuff that that tool could do. Yeah. yeah. And I will say this, the, the shift from Trello to Monday, well, the shift from nothing to Trello was huge as far as like, if you get that feeling as you're going into it where you're like, it's slowly, it takes a while to kind of fully understand how you can think about stuff in that context. And then you get a bunch of new ideas and you get all that integrated. And then the shift into Monday was actually the same thing again. Right, because it was like you take that learning from the Trello system, and then now it's kind of like in a different context with even more high-level tools associated with it, and it gives us gives you like really interesting, exciting access to new pieces of work. Uh, and then after a while, Monday kind of got stale for us in a similar kind of way that Trello did. Right? Yeah, um, it will kind of flip yeah. the other way, right? Like it was, it, it allowed us to suddenly like rethink and then have mechanisms to do high-level project work, but at the cost of making the Tracking of details really difficult, but we yeah. should also say though that that there's a there's a circularity to to each of these kinds of tools, right? Because each one provides new mechanisms by which you can organize global as well as you know local work, um, global meaning studio wide or organization wide, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it provides new tools, but you have to then real you have to then realize a way that you can use that to do your work differently. Right, yes. and if if the if the way that you organize your work still isn't sufficiently good for you, it's easy to think this is the tool's fault, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there's a relationship here now between what the tool can do and its constraints and and its and its benefits, the thing, the cool stuff that it provides, uh, and how you come up with a way to organize your work and how those two things reinforce each other. And if you can't get those to neatly mesh, be, but actually because of the type of work you're doing or because of mm-hmm. how you're organizing the work, right? Then that's when you need to start looking at a new tool. But if you're having yeah. trouble, you don't. It's not obvious which one, if it's because you haven't figured out how to use the tool in a way that's yeah. really 
optimal or if it's because your workflow is a problem. And so we, yeah. we have been also changing our workflows all along As the we way. Tools. But yeah. sometimes we've also changed workflows when we, after, you know, like a long time into using a tool. Which yeah, is also you get more comfortable with, with the, the thinking of like how to, yeah, how to or, think about yeah, it. Right. And in our yeah. case, actually, because we switched to the, because we also talked about switching over to the uh, accelerator-based mm-hmm. management, right? Where now the overarching project management is very fast and easy and, and so on. And then we have daily accelerators. But that change happened after we switched to ClickUp because ClickUp yeah. exposed a new way of us to think about things mm-hmm. that we didn't switch to this. But in switching to that, yeah. we also exposed new problems with with our approach mm-hmm. that weren't addressable by ClickUp. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's all it's, it's all just a constant right? cycle. Yeah, everything. It's well. I mean, it's like we talked about in the in the chaos episode about like speed creates friction and friction influences speed. Right? It's a chaotic sort of like self referential mm-hmm. yep. thing that your work changes because of your tools and your tool needs change because of your work. Yep. So so you can't really forecast what whether using a new tool is is really going to be a net positive uh, or if it's just going to kind of like put you into a different place. Yeah. Which is also fine, but just different now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what we found then with Monday was like, uh, like these guys were saying, like Monday was great for project management, but it was just terrible for like individual task management and and handing off of collaborative work. So that's when we switched to ClickUp, where, where ClickUp had everything that Monday had plus one big thing, which was the cards themselves were super information dense and really flexible. So you mm-hmm. could like type a design document in a card and like paste videos into it that you could then just watch in the card. And they had a full comment history and you could like create checklists and subtasks. You could send emails from inside the comment section. It was integrated with everything. Like cool shit. So we're we're looking at ClickUp and we're like, what can't this thing do? This is bonkers. It was centralized centralized everything, right? So so we wouldn't have to be constantly like, oh, shit, now we got to go to Notion. Oh, now we got to go to... Airtable. Now we got to go to email. Now we got to whatever. It would just all be yeah. in one place. So, so we've been using ClickUp for quite a long time, but there's been, I, th- I would say, two core problems that uh, we just have always been running into. Um, one is that in ClickUp, everything is still considered as a as a task, right? And so it it was it was easy for us to create like high level views of our projects, um, but it was generally the case that when we would come up with a new task, like let's say a, a bug comes in about like something in Crashlands, right? Um, well, that's a, that's a task. And so it just kind of goes into the giant to-do list of tasks, but it's not sort of like collected into an easy access collection that can then be dealt with in a batch at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. So so as our, as our work grew in ClickUp, um, it became harder and harder to keep it all organized in sort of like a, a planned way. Yeah, I would say um, you, it's it, it remained easy. To, we maintained the ease from uh, Monday of having that really high level view, and being able to say like, okay, here's the here's the priorities, the direction, right, for everybody today. Yeah, uh, and then it was also easy to because of the information density of those cards to, to collaborate this, on them. Yeah, there's really rich cards that have everything you need, but then there's this middle point. This is actually something we've never quite managed to do, because, largely because of a tooling issue, where essentially it's that it's that middle point of like. It's not today. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not today's work, but it's like right, yeah. the whole it's project's work. Yeah, it's stuff that we were talking about this yesterday. It's kind of differentiating between unplanned work and work that has no plan, right? In the sense that like unplanned work we talk about is like, oh shit, now I have to do this. And that wasn't my – I didn't expect I would have to do that, right? And so, so a lot of what we're talking about is trying to avoid unplanned work, meaning you have a plan and you get to stick to it mostly, right? Yeah. And – and then to differentiate from work that is from planless work, right? Which is mm-hmm. work that exists, right? That you know about, 
but you're not doing it. So it's not unplanned as in like you're doing it, but didn't plan to. It's there. You're not doing it and have no plan to, but it still exists. Right. Mm-hmm. And that right. fucking so category it, so it of keeps, work. It keeps, that category keeps growing. Yeah. And you have to keep reevaluating whether to now plan that work just mm-hmm. all the time. And right? the question and is so, always just, do I do this now or do I punt it again? Right. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah. a, is a very nice, simple binary. Right. And, and actually a pretty effective way to to manage stuff with a, a low overhead because you don't have to have an initial management system, right? But also that you don't want to force you to continuously reevaluate things for generally no reason, yeah. right? Yes. Well, and um, and that that also can still be okay if things are being batched, right? Because if it's at a yeah. task level and you get like. 25 tasks that keep on like bouncing up and being like, do you care about me now? You know, which is my, like every Monday, uh, yeah. I get like 20, 20 things fly from my to-do list into my inbox. And it's like, how about this week? You want to look at these things this week? And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. But if it was no. instead <laughs> organized, it's basically like a collection of tasks. That's like as a milestone or as a, as a sub project or whatever, right. That now when you're being alerted to reevaluate something, it's basically reevaluating the high, the that higher project. level concept of like, yeah, is this topic something that needs to be addressed? Um, yeah, because presumably so, so if the I, little things inside of it needed to, then they already would have been dealt with. Right. And so if you, you could collect them into a project and that, yeah, that, that middle layer has just been absent. It's been, yeah. So, yeah. So we have like, with ClickUp, we have like super, super high level project management and super low level task management, but, but c- turning tasks into collections that coherently work in a project structure and are planned out over time and get like some new, some new feature idea comes in and we can like slot it into a roadmap, you know, can't do that really. So, so that's been just kind of like a general problem. Uh, but the, the core problem of ClickUp is yeah. that it, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so ClickUp, all right. So, so one of the things that we kind of noticed when we first started using it is that it was a little just slow. unresponsive. Yeah. So, yeah. So you would like switch a task, uh, like a status on a task and there would be like a, mo- like a moment, a second, two, three seconds even, where, the, where it wouldn't change and then suddenly it would change. Yeah, which right. is basically because it's like just in terms of how this would be working, right? It's sending a request to a server and waiting until it comes back to confirm that it was successful before the UI changes, right? Like that's yeah. that's why you tend to have these kinds of slow loops. And, and so something about the way that they're handling this information makes it so that um, that we've just been losing work well, you're never time. quite sure, right? Because like if you're if you're if you're filling in like the the body of a card or something, right? And you're typing it all in there, and they're 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 like auto saving the background, right? As you're doing yeah. that, uh, but there's not an easy indicator as to like whether that's happened or not. Um, and so in that context, because they don't wait, they don't like let you type a little bit and then force you to wait until the server comes back, right? In that mm-hmm. context, so in other contexts, like when you flip a thing on. Uh, what's always going to happen in these, in these web apps is that the UI is going to show you like, oh, it's, it's there, right? Like something happened. And then – but then you're, it's like kind of stuck in a weird state until it gets confirmation, right? Yeah. And, and a, a modern web technology stack has so many fucking tools to make it so that none of that actually has to happen because like it can be instant and then, and then like in your browser can sit there and just hold on to all the information it needs to know like, okay – if I don't hear back from the server, I have a whole plan of what I'm going to do to make sure that that mm-hmm. fucking information sticks, right? There's a lot of ways to have redundancies. There's a lot of ways. But also, that also feel instantly responsive. That feel yeah. instantly responsive because yeah. basically you pretend like it's synced up while guaranteeing that it eventually will, but eventually isn't still quickly, right? But but you get to behave as if it's all talking to a server when it isn't, which is how like – that's how a modern app is needs to behave. 
which is a completely different way of creating web apps yeah. than was people were using, you know, five or ten years ago. Yeah, you yeah, say so modern. Uh, I think that's the funny thing, right? Because in web terms, yeah, in web terms, like modern the is the three past years. three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah web tech moves very fast. Yes. Uh, so, so what ends up happening then, if as uh, for like from my own experience in working through ClickUp, I would do things like I would say, oh, I want to like punt this card to next week. So I would set the due date for next Monday, and then I would change the status to to do because we have an automation that like will take it from to do on that date and put it back in the inbox. Except sometimes I would change the date, I would change the status, and then I would look back at my board a little while later, and the card's back in my inbox. Because mm-hmm. the status, because it, it accepted the due date change, but the status change just didn't stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so suddenly I thought that I cleared my inbox and then things are back in there. And then I'm looking and I'm like, I thought I did something about that, but that's mixed <laughs> right. in with other actual work. But I think what's so uh, fascinating about this is that like, so different people on the team get hit by, have been getting hit by ClickUp issues of, yeah, yeah. on a completely different level. So like Seth actually has been being hit by them the most because he does the most uh, sort of task item by management. item yeah, yeah. task management. Like low-level task management, yeah. Yeah, versus uh, most of everybody else's work tends to come in uh, almost like kind of chunky, more much more chunky projects that essentially are like, it's a solo thing. You just have your card that you plan out the work on and like, that's that. Yeah, like I plan out the work in like in my code, you know. I've got like a Yeah. I plan it out in, in my in my readme file that explains what I'm doing. And I just put a to-do mm-hmm. list at the top because it's just easy to keep track of everything there, right? So yeah. yeah so yeah. don't have to have it in that place. Yeah. So different people have been getting hit by this to different degrees. And this is something I said this like kind of mentioned like here and there a couple of times. And then it sort of like increased in frequency because it just seemed like it was getting worse. Actually. Well, as as the ClickUp team has been adding more and more features, they have been also making the existing features worse through creating new bugs. Yeah. Um, they clearly don't also, have full uh, automated. They're not testing, testing you yeah. know, and also and also they're just they're just prioritizing features. Um, yeah. And so, like there was, for example, we rely on the automations system of ClickUp to yeah. to bring our tasks back in or to create recurring tasks. Our entire like workflow is based on automations. Because the, yeah. the idea of like a good workflow is supposed to get the right information to the right people at the right time without anybody having, having to, to do anything. cause that to happen correctly. Right. right. Like, so what happened? Well, there was a two-week period in ClickUp where suddenly all the automations just didn't do anything. Right. Um, and, and so even suddenly now, they're still intermittent. Like they actually still fail. They just fail randomly, here right? Which yep. means now you've got to go back and manually check all your automations. Which is now what was the point of those? <laughs> no, uh, it's, and, well, it's not uh, even that. It's actually worse than that, right? Because if darker. you build, yeah, if you build a system around automation, then it's intentionally built to obscure everything that isn't being that isn't being automated, right? And people aren't being trained to like, okay, here's where you find this if you're looking for this kind of information or whatever, because the robots are doing all that stuff for you. And so yeah. it's actually worse than that because if now if an automation fails, a, a person is going to really struggle to first know that that happened because there's no information that that happened, right? And then second, when that when you know that that's happened, uh, know what you're supposed to do about it, right? Because where is the information, right? Then- mm-hmm. What does it mean? What's the consequence of that thing failing, right? It means that whatever that was doing didn't happen. But what was that doing? Why was yeah, it doing that? The first big one of these that actually hit for for me was Adam sent an email about uh, I think a week or two ago and was like, hey, uh, like, are we doing another Ballyhoo anytime soon? Just curious. I don't think we've had one in a while. And usually every month there's a recurring – the Ballyhoo is our newsletter. There's a recurring task that pops up that just says monthly Ballyhoo. And we've decided at that point, like, okay, we're going to do it now. We're going to punt it two weeks, whatever. Uh, but it always comes up and it just hasn't for at least three months. 
which I didn't yep. even I didn't even notice because of course like I'm saying like it's, it's automated. The whole point is you're trying to get this stuff out of your mind all the time yeah. and get it to a point where it's just kind of managing itself. Yeah. So the the ClickUp team I would say missed like the most fundamental aspect of creating a workflow management system, which is that you can trust. Which it. is that you can trust mm-hmm. it 100 percent, right? right? Not 98 percent, 100 percent. Like if I change the status of a card, the status should be changed now. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, or if I if I want to assign a or member it, to if something, if it didn't, it should you should be informed that it did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because uh, there, like there will even be times where like I create a I create a, a subtask in a card and I hit enter and then it's there's nothing there. Right. Like it. It's, there should have been a task there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. So then I'm like, oh God, I guess it didn't go. So then I'll like, okay, I guess I'll make it again. So I'll type it again and I hit enter and then boom, it's there. But also the other one is there now too. Yep. They both appeared. So like there's so many aspects of it, or even just like if I try to assign Sam to something, I open up the list of, of users and there's just a little loading bar and it just won't pull up the list of users, right? Yeah. Like, almost, I know, like I don't say this lightly. Almost every aspect of ClickUp is broken in some way. <laughs> yes. Like, um, yeah, yeah. What really brought it to us was that so Seth, Seth had mentioned this, and he was like, "Yeah, this is really pissed me off." And I was like, "Oh, well, let me go. Like, I'll just go look around because I thought it was just like a Seth's browser problem. Like, literally, we first were like, this must just be on your machine because like I think it's fine. You know, we've seen it a little bit here and there, but it seems fine on mine. I haven't seen these issues. Uh, and so I went to their their bug tracker, uh, and that was what suddenly was like, oh, okay, this is not a like." This is not just us having a lot of cards. It's not us having a lot of automations. It's not. It's not anything about us, or it's not this about this machine. It's a but also, philosophical failure on the part of yeah. ClickUp for how they do their development. But also, having a lot of automations and cards is the point. Correct. Yeah. You're supposed to have a lot of those things because it's a workflow management yeah. system. Yep. So, <laughs> so if if it did, if it was the case that it broke down as you relied on it more, then that would be even also worse. Yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. So basically, that that kicked off this quest to find to find a new tool. Oh, yeah, well, I guess we should wrap up what Sam you were saying about looking up the bug track. Yeah, well, yeah. So oh, the, yeah. The, the top, the, this was what was horrifying, was the top rated bug on their system. So most bugs have like maybe 200 or 300 upvotes if it's like, you know, if it's been a thing. Actually, most of them are not even that. They're pretty, yeah. But, yeah, the, but it's not the top many. ones. Like if you look at the top list, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, a couple hundred votes. And then actually the very top one has like over a thousand votes on it. And it's just someone who's saying, please stop breaking everything. This is serious. Like, everyone is relying on your software and you guys just mm-hmm. keep on adding features and breaking shit. And that the horrifying part is it's from October of last well, year. Yeah. Well, and even more horrifying. Yeah. Cause so yeah, number one horrifying. Cause mm-hmm. it's just, that's been the top complaint now for nearly a year. Right. But also that system that you're talking about, the bug tracker they use, it's this like canny.io thing, mm-hmm. which I, we, I've now discovered apparently like every fucking one of these companies yep. is using yep. it, but it's also very expensive. Uh, Cause I checked, I was like, should we use this? <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, nope. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that system that they have, it's a trending. Like the default sort yep. is a trending sort, right? Which is like Reddit style. So things get upvoted and that kind of keeps them up, but then they they fall off over time as a, as a function of time, right? And so not only was this the top item in votes, but it's been it's, it's been still getting at the, most the top activity. of the trending list, meaning it's getting <laughs> yeah, it's getting the most activity. Yeah. So and then there's people, there's basically people every every week or every couple of days in there, then saying like. Hey, like, broke, we literally broke. like, yeah, the whole server's down in the EU for yeah. like last week for like three days or some crazy I, shit. I'm, I'm subscribed like, to their, uh, to their status. Cause like, cause a lot of, this is also a tip for people who don't know if you, if you use a lot of web services, 
all of the really good ones will have a secondary site that's like hosted elsewhere, et cetera, right? That's just for status. That tells you like what's going on with that with that service and all of its components. Like, is it working? That way, if some, something's going wrong, you can just go look at that and be like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't me. It's them, right? And so, so it's good practice if you're relying on these things to subscribe to those because they usually have a subscription option and then they can get stuff in your inbox and be like, oh, that's fucked. Hey, team. Don't touch Discord today because it's gonna right. it's gonna be a shit show or whatever, right? Uh, and so, so I've been subscribed to theirs since we start, first started having issues, and literally twice a week, I get a yep. series there's of a, there's an outage or there's an outage of some issue. sort or something or, or something broken, uh, which is a lot because you know because you know how many of these fucking yeah. things I'm subscribed to for all the web services I depend on a lot. You know how many other alerts I get? None. Yep. I get no none. other alerts. Just yeah. None. So it's been a huge bummer because, of course, as we talked about, click it has all. The- parts that we've that we had wanted in the past uh but all of them don't work enough that it doesn't matter that it has all of these parts uh in any it may as way. well not be there because because even something simple like if something simple like saying oh i'm gonna move this card from my inbox to my today list if sometimes that it just goes back into your inbox at random later when you're not paying attention to it like that's a that's just like such a fundamental thing yep. <laughs> that now like it actually adds a huge amount of mental overhead and and honestly like stress and fatigue to using the tool because you just have your double triple quadruple checking every single thing all mm-hmm. the time right and i will say it's been uh, it's interesting talking about this tool usage thing because i think part of it with having part of the the issue with having adhd is that you have to manage like your what you actually end up doing most of the time is managing and building these systems to manage stuff externally to you that you can trust. Yeah, right? If you because, can't see it, it's not there. Yeah. And so you know, I've been running this. It's been really interesting working with my my wife on this move because she doesn't have these issues at all. But what that means is that she, she exists in what to me appears to be absolute chaos, but she actually is somehow able to like orient and keep track of things just fine. Right. Well, um, the funny thing is, is the reverse is true too, right? It's like from her perspective, you're operating in absolute chaos because like for the things that you depend on, uh, they have to be where you can see them, right? And yeah. so, because we, we, uh, my wife and I treated ourselves to a, a post-COVID hiring somebody to clean the shit out of our house, um, mm. which was oh, nice, which was very satisfying. Uh, but, we, <laughs> but we had to we had to tell them up front. We were, it was actually like it was an explicit part of the whole thing. Is we had to we had to hire people who were like we knew we were going to be really good and all this kind of stuff so we could basically sit down and say, look, our house, it's like, it's not that it's chaos and like there's like shit all over the floor. And like, it's not, it's not like that though. Right. But if you go to any surface where there is stuff, it looks like we just took out a bunch of stuff and put it there. It doesn't, it doesn't look like there's something intentional happening. Right. Uh, and there are a lot of places where that is true because you're part of ADHD is that you become blind to, uh, to, to mess stuff, right. To stuff. You become blind to stuff. And so we're like, so we were like, you won't be able to tell the difference between a mess that is intentional and a mm-hmm. mess that is not. And so, so we've <laughs> like tidied up everything that like needed tidying to let you do your work, you know, but uh, just assume that everything is where it is for a reason, no matter how absurd it looks and like put it back. Cause if it doesn't mm-hmm. get put back, we will not be able to find it and we will forget that it ever existed. And we're going to, we'll be buying 10 new things from Amazon. Cause we just won't even know we had that thing in the first place. Yep. You know? So it's yeah. Yeah. Well, basically you, you end up, you end up having, you have to really, we've talked about this, you know, the interaction of yourself and the environment. And I think, uh, I think we all rely actually much more so on those external structures and on them being very useful and basically on them as these external brains and tools to keep us, uh, to keep us essentially to keep the ship righted and know and that that's actually the correct thing. Yeah. That's actually an interesting also point too, right? Because, uh, cause the, the question of like, who are these things designed for? 
right? It's things are always designed for for the approximate average of how people behave, right? So they're they're never designed for neurotypical people unless they're designed by neurotypical people who don't even realize that that they're designing it for themselves, right? Right. Uh, and so, because that's, that's the thing, actually, I, I I've noticed about all these fucking tools is that automations, the automation part, is treated as like a as a bonus. You know, like a nice little add on. It's a nice little add on. And like, oh, you know, like look at this kind of cool, cute stuff you can do. Right. And it usually you can't even use them until you're like in the higher tiers. And they're usually mm-hmm. very limited until you're in the higher tiers. And even then often very limited. Right. Uh, and and it's actually very expensive to be able to automate things. And it's treated as like an, an advanced a bonus. bonus a bonus that isn't actually a normal part of how people do work. Right. And on the one hand, I think. That's a detriment just – I mean it is a detriment to everybody because the more automations you can do, the better your systems will be, right? But it also is like actively hostile towards people with ADHD, right? Yeah. Because yeah, we so, need someone, those automations to make any workflow work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone with a with a, a quote like normal brain, with a non-ADHD brain, I guess I would say, um, likes to have a large amount of information on display at all time because they think like, yeah, I can see everything and I could just look at the stuff that I need – that I want to look at. Right. Um, and get the information I need. And then I can go look at the other stuff that I want to look at. Right. But, you know, there's that, that saying like out of sight, out of mind. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like for, for a person with ADHD, it's more like insight in mind. Right. Yep. Like mm-hmm. if you can see it, your brain is trying to do stuff with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so having, for example, like a, a to do list in a, in a Kanban board that has a hundred things in it. That's a, that's a problem, <laughs> uh, you know, or, or just like have not being able to sort of, sort of like a snooze a thing, you know, like kick it off into the ether uh, and, and have it come back when it only when it matters, only when it's actionable, like Sam's Ballyhoo uh, reminder, right? Um, like that's something that's super important for someone with ADHD because you need to be able to only have actionable top priority items in front of you. You should that's only it. see the things you need to see, but that's... Yeah. And need to means like literally there's an action you can take or it's going to be guiding an action you can take, right? And that's mm-hmm. – Yeah. That's so the automations it. are like that's that's key. That's number one. Yeah. yeah. So we, we just kicked off basically another round of this because I've always wondered why it is that we're we're, ex- we're much more flexible it seems like on switching tools, switching technologies. Uh, we do it as everybody knows from listening to the podcast basically at least once or twice a year. We change something or add a new tool or, or you know We stuck with Trello I think the longest. I think we were on Trello for like two years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is we were the whole rest of the systems were actually getting built out ex like external to yeah. Trello, right? And now that now that all this stuff is in place, then the actual management of projects, management of work has become more possible and feasible, and we start feeling like we can do that piece. Uh, but this basically kicked off another another round of figuring out like, okay, well, if this isn't working, then what will work for us? And we did a little internal round. So if anyone's looking for like a way to do that, the structure was just very simple. Which is we saw this happening to uh, to Seth. Asked around, realized it was happening actually to everybody uh, on low level and like high level stuff, and then got confirmation from everybody that there was enough problems with what was happening that they'd be happy to switch. And then went about asking essentially a, just a simple series of questions, just say, okay, what do you really like about ClickUp? That if it was gone, you'd be like, it would cause jank in your workflow. Um, what has been absolutely broken for you this whole time, anyways? Just so we know, uh, and then like kind of any other just tidbits about how your workflow works currently that we need to make sure that this next tool is able to support. Uh, and from there, just kind of went off and did did a bunch of uh, research on stuff. So I think we'll probably talk about more about where we're going with it maybe next week because we just started working on it yesterday. Um, yeah, we found a new. We're not going to say what we're, what tool we found. It's a cliffhanger. 
but it seems fucking great. I'm stoked. Uh, it's, it's different. I mean, like we talked about earlier, like it's different. It's different in almost every way, but it still, it still checks all the boxes of like stuff that we believe we need. Most importantly, it's real fucking snappy. Mm-hmm. Like you do a thing, you do a thing and that thing happens in, instantly if, in all ways that you can that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The core uh, is the same, but it does, it has one, it has one uh, different approach that is so, despite like it on the surface looking like it's basically the same thing, just like a task manager with trail boards, whatever, yeah. uh, which, which, but yeah, but it has the, it's like, this is like fundamental mind shift where you have to be like, okay, fuck. Okay. How, how, how do we think do in we, these terms? Yeah, how do we yep. think in these terms? Because it's both, it's a, it's a feature and you could, when we could basically just ignore it and like basically do what we've been doing. Right. But then pres- right. this is going to open up stuff and we have to figure out, why? Yeah. So yeah, that's, so we'll, we've, that's why we'll wait and talk about it next week so that we actually have some fucking answers to that question because mm-hmm. it's we're still. Well, that, do, like, we, do we want to do we want to say what it is and then like we can say we're I mean we're, we're like just found it so like next week we can do a recap on like because if if our listeners want to check it out themselves in the meantime yeah, sure. there's no there's no reason to be coy go check yeah. out favro.com favro f a v r o and I'll just say the yeah. special thing about it is that a task can be in two different people's workflows at the same time and go through those workflows completely independently yeah, and be tracked on your own board independently, but still be the same damn card, which means in a game dev perspective, you don't have to explode every card into uh, 15 different tasks, four different departments so much as just have the thing. Just live in 15 different departments at the same time and move through each of those workflows as needed. And again, this Uh, sounds like a small thing. But it's fucking insane what it ends up yeah, doing. It, com- <laughs> it completely changes what it means to to plan work and to put workflows together and to, and, to, and most importantly to hand work off. So. Yes, because well, I think yeah, because well, you don't need to like you don't need to. There's there's a thing in DevOps uh, called motion waste, which is the the cost of moving information or materials from like one person or department to another. Um, and in so far, actually in every piece of software we've used motion waste has been just astronomically high, um, being able to take, like, if we had a feature, like, uh, let's say we have a new item we want to add to Crashlands 2, right? Uh, well that, that's going to require some design and some programming and some art and some testing, Mm -hmm. right? And each one of those departments, each one of those phases has a different workflow. Well, even if they didn't, they have different work they have to do. It's all different things, right? But also like the programming, for example, and the art can actually happen in parallel in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and different people are working on them in different phases. And so instead of making like a card for design this new item, program this new item, you know, like four different cards – uh, you just have the one card. It lives in four places. And so like Sam could move it through the art workflow. And when he's done with it, he just archives it from that board. But on the programming side, it might still be in my programming workflow, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because – but it's still the same card. Yeah. The, the net yep. effect actually <laughs> is it reduces – it actually causes a lot more centralization of information yep. and reduces the number of things that have to move, um, which – So you don't, ha- you don't have to manage the the – the, the, the tasks yeah so much yeah yeah well i, I think that's um, actually a lot of it is that, is that what we had described previously is is so so much of what we're always doing is like managing individual tasks right uh but planning doesn't happen around tasks it happens correct. around projects right it happens around like what what are we what are we paying attention to what matters and all that kind of stuff right and sure there are one-off tasks like oh this thing is crashing we should go fix that right now right but for the most part things are projects and if you if everything is being organized at a 
if you're if you're ever managing things at a task level, you're basically just bur- burning overhead for no reason, right? And and so by having a system like this that reduces the number of cards you have to make, centralizes more information, and so on, it actually allows you to have have that centralized thing, have this one task, right? Actually, be a project mm-hmm. in a way that's actually meaningful and, and manageable because of the fact that it can go through a whole bunch of pipelines at the same time, despite being one thing. Um, yeah. So. And, and there's wild shit like maybe we have like a Crash Ends 2 roadmap that has all of the features that we want to add to the game, right? Uh, I can just like take a line item from that roadmap, just drag it over into my like today pile in my in my personal like Kanban board. And now like it's still in the roadmap, but also it's in my today pile. Mm-hmm. Once I'm done with it for the day, I can archive it out of my today pile. It's still on the roadmap. It's just not in my pile anymore because mm-hmm. I'm done with it now. And you can, right? But you can set up an automation like, that when you're, when you're done with it, it then keeps it in the roadmap, it flags it as done. Well, you've archived mm-hmm. it off of your own personal board or whatever, right? Like, yeah. But so, of course, once with that power, though, how the fuck mm-hmm. comes, design comes great design responsibility? <laughs> uh-huh. So that's what we got to figure out next, which is okay. We see we see the value of all this in a very exciting sort of way, in the same way that jumping from Trello to Monday did, and Monday to ClickUp did. Uh, ClickUp to this seems like the same thing again. It's that meme of the exploding brain thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so now we just got to figure out what. But now we're very sensitive to the question of, yeah, but like, does it work though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First time we did, uh, so, yeah, first question Seth asked was like, what's its stability like? And I was like, baby, I already got you. I got a spreadsheet of all these programs I was looking at. I got their, their candy.io bug tracker links and also like Google, you know, their server adages and stuff. And it's like, we're good. Yeah, we fine. also had to prioritize yeah. things with good APIs and that support them down because all these, all these barbarians. It's all about automation. With their rich yep. text. Yep. And they're missing robots. Terrible. Yep. All right, well, we got time for one question. It's tradition. It's, quest- it's tradition. Uh, we, always, we always have time for one question, sometimes, unless we don't. Uh, these, this question comes from uh, our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. Uh, so if you want to get your, your one question onto a future episode, uh, head on over there to ask. Yeah, make it a good one, I guess, because it's going to be a like, real good because we just, we just cannot stop bloviating you know, <laughs> just about random stuff. And then by, it's, by the time we get to questions, should we rebrand oh. as bloviating with please, with, with bleep, with please scotch? <laughs> bloviating. With scotch. Ooh. That's our new podcast. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Bloviating shenanigans. I'm not even That's drinking our coffee. Podcast name. I'm drinking tea right now. So yeah, I'm living a lie. We're not here. even on brand at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this top question comes from Z Flat Durveer. Nice. Who says, You have talked a good deal about the build and deployment art and QA testing automation. Uh, what other kinds of things have you delegated to your robots so you don't have to think about or do anything wow. on the business or personal side of things? So, I mean, th- well, there's a lot of things we have done, but because a lot of them were in ClickUp, you know, they didn't happen. Um, as automatic as they should have been. Yeah, it'd be everything from. Uh, so, as on the personal side, I think the one thing that you should definitely do is get your auto pay set up for paying bills and stuff. Oh yeah, who yeah. needs to deal for with things that you trust? Yeah, for things yeah. that you trust, we're not going to have to worry about them. Uh, that's a huge one on the uh, the business side. Yeah, we do. We try to every time it becomes apparent that something's recurring or uh, or like a thing that everyone needs to like do at some point. A good example is uh, actually is comically solving a ClickUp problem. ClickUp, ClickUp's notifications are garbage and they hit you with notifications for like everything all the time. And there's – anyway, I get back to the whole like who is this designed for question, right? There, There's one item that they don't – because they let you uncheck like a jillion of the, of the things you can 
be notified about. Get notified, yeah. And they have a few that they they have it there, and they have a little check mark just like teasing you with an asterisk next to it, being like, "You can't, no, you can't, you have you have to have this, right? You have to and, get notified about this." Yeah, and it's for stuff <laughs> that like we don't need to be told about because of the way that our workflow is set up, which is as a largely a function of the fact that we have ADHD and rely mm-hmm. automations, and but we we can't opt out of that, which then consequently makes the notifications useless. Because mm-hmm. so, now you're just getting flooded with useless, with just irrelevant notifications. Yeah, so we made a robot that – since we can't we can't turn this off on a system level, we made a robot that basically every time a task is made, it un, it unwatches it from by everybody in the organization. So that this flood of notifications that usually was happening afterward is gone. We're done. We're tired of seeing that. So that was a silly one. Uh, stuff like the monthly Ballyhoo reminder, which basically is just, just a, a recurring task. Come back every month. Um it doesn't even say anything in it. It's just like monthly ballyhoo. That's it. Goes into the inbox. It's assigned to Sampy. Uh, she and I will talk about it at that point, figure out what we want to do, go go from there. Uh, I know Sampy has a bunch of weekly ones for basically Thursdays, one of her big kind of admin days on doing community spotlight, getting all the stuff kind of set up for those. And all of us have a bunch of these sort of mixed in, whether they're recurring tasks or things that make it things that we used to be able to do uh, when we could trust the systems was if I moved a card through to uh, to being done. Uh, what we had in Trello, Trello let you make buttons that actually had automations attached to the buttons. So I had a button on my cards in Trello that was that was called ready for implementation. So again, because it's an art card, so the art card moves across. I hit the ready for implementation button. It reassigns it to Seth, moves it out of my board, puts it on his board uh, in his uh, like either inbox or this week pile. So stuff like that where it's like anything where usually you're going to end up having to do some, some motion when something hits a certain stage of work, we try to make happen automatically so that things are just kind of running for you. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Automations are great for, uh, for, for, for that motion for handoffs. Yes. You know? Yeah. And you're packaging something and moving it to another department. Yeah. We use, uh, so at home, um, my wife and I are very dependent on auto ships from, we use, you know, Amazon for lots of stuff, but also chewy, Chewy chewy.com is where we get all of our pet stuff. But, uh, but we, so we have, we have food and cat litter auto ship to us. So that whole thing of like, oh shit, we're about out of cat food or, oh no, like we just, we don't even have any litter, but this box is a mess or whatever, right? doesn't happen because mm, it's just, we just always have as much as we need. Uh, and it always, you know, and it just keeps on coming in. And then we did the same thing for some of those, like some of those things that are harder for like home maintenance to deal with, like changing out filters and your air filters, AC yep. unit, you know, cause it's like every three months or whatever. Uh, that's auto ships to us every three Subscribe. months, right? So do we you just get let, one, or guess how many we, you get? We get a, we get enough to, yeah, we need two at a time. But um, yeah, because yeah. what you would normally do is you'd be like, oh, just like buy three or four of them and just like put them in the basement next to the furnace or something. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but like there's no system there. Yeah, which right? is like more you know cost and environment effective to do that. So the the better move would be to get a get it in bulk and then uh, use Create a calendar kind of reminder or something, reminder right? System, um, or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and but but for us, because like just as a, a household of only ADHD people where it's just really hard to manage things, you know, uh, then having auto ship like this is incredibly useful because basically it arrives and we're like, oh, OK, I guess it's time to replace the filters. Right? <laughs> so we just open yes. it up, go replace the filters and throw them away and then and then, yep. and then we're done. Right. And like and every time we're like the, the cat, I like the last three cans of caffeine. I'm like, oh, no. And then I'm like, hey, Jenny, when's the next auto ship coming? She's like, oh, it's here tomorrow. You know, so it's just Perfect. like it's just <laughs> it's just timed out. Exactly. Those yeah. are cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking about because with the there's this like certain kind of uh, wet dog food that's just like super good, mm-hmm. um, but the grocery stores weirdly only ever have like one package of it at a time, uh, or 
or they they remove all the individual cans and then sell them individually. And then I feel like a weirdo because like I'm like, okay, I guess I'll like scoop like 24 of those cans <laughs> into my cart. Uh, and then they'll, they'll like scan each of them one at a time, uh, you know? But like, uh, yeah, you, you could, I can just, I could just set up a, a subscription. Because well, like, dude, like, cause there are some things that are so predictable. It's like, oh, changing out air filters uh, or how much do you uh, feed your dog? Every how day? much do you feed your dog? The same uh, amount. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club. I forgot about that one. I've been doing that oh, one yeah. for, I get razor blades. So every time I, it's the same thing I know what you were talking about, where every time I'm like, Oh no, I have one left. Then I usually within like three days I get an email and they're like, Hey, your shipment's about to come out. Yep. And I'm like, Yeah, oh, the, the, well, yeah, the only thing that's, that's been tricky about it is uh is that so one, if you're using Amazon, then you get a million fucking boxes if you have a lot of ownership stuff, because they 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 just refuse to be like, Okay, well, we could just send it all tomorrow in one box. You know, it's like mm-hmm. like they just even when you even when you click those boxes where you ask them to, they're like well, that's a suggestion, so we'll do that if we feel like it, you know? And so, <laughs> so for those other items that are a little harder to predict, like toilet paper, uh, like toothpaste, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't know how fucking long my toothpaste is going to last, you know? And and so for those, like the auto ship thing gets, starts getting weird because then you're like – you start either just never having enough because you, it's, it's wrong or you just like are slowly building an arsenal of these things and then have to turn mm-hmm. it off at some – the auto ship off and then you forget to turn it back on and then, you know, whatever. I mean so, it's – you know, I would think about this as a – it's a long-range project Try to dial in, dial in. How much toilet paper do you need? You know, but also you think order. about it. Which the we other still way, do use is, too. Like we actually have sort of hoarded a little bit as a consequence of just getting more than we expect. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but the, although also a neat trick for pandemics, since that's an irrelevant thing um, these days, mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, remember that old toilet paper shortage thing. You know, remember that remember yeah. that old chestnut. Mm-hmm. If you uh, accidentally had a surplus because of your subscription, well, we we not only had a surplus, but also. We we still got our <laughs> we still got our shipments of our toilet paper during that first oh, few yeah. months. Uh, I guess they my, were earmarked or something. Well, yeah, my, my guess is that the whole oh, reason because yeah. they want you to do the shipping right to do the auto. The well, auto lets them rely on revenue. It lets them know how much inventory they need and let them yeah. plan logistics and stuff. Right, and apparently that also seems to have meant that we got priority on stuff because we were in the plan. Right, so when everybody yeah. else was like, now when a million people came to order toilet paper on top of. You what was happening? Dibs. We were already yeah. in there for the auction. <laughs> ah, right? so, that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah so it's a, it's well, there's a good no defensive benefit. position to take also. There's no mm-hmm. benefit of having too much as well, which is like you get – well, for, first thing though, you say like, well, who knows how, how long toothpaste lasts. I'm pretty sure it lasts – as long as you just keep squeezing the tube, it does. It just, it just keeps. That's true. It just keeps coming out. I just like somehow. how it goes, like, it goes from completely full to what feels like completely empty in like a day, and then and that, then you have like five more weeks. Yep, of just weird. like squeezing the tube. It just keeps tube. coming out. What's, What's that going? about? What is happening there? Yep. I and it all, and it's always a good amount. Like a good amount mm-hmm. always comes out of the. Yeah, tube. usually at some point I just <laughs> get like a fucking tart about how hard I have to squeeze it. And I'm like, okay, fuck this, and I throw it away. That's like, well, that's the yeah, that's mm. the time where you it doesn't switch. actually run out. It just makes it's, you there's definitely the still an infinite amount of toothpaste <laughs> left in there. It's just that the it's effort scales. To squeeze. It's yeah. like yeah. Bitcoin, you know. Like it just takes more and more effort to get the next to get coin each out coin. Of there, yep. You know? Toothpaste mining is really tough, but. But yeah, the other benefit of like if you accidentally ha- you know, get too much toilet paper, it's like I can shit as much as I want this weekend. You know, like you That's can really true. just you can really just treat yourself. Just <laughs> a bonus. Throw a party because like everybody yeah. and be like, hey, you know what? Hey, come shit in my house. <laughs> come <It's>, uh, <laughs> I got you guys. I got so much toilet paper. You don't even know. Would you call you it getting shit faced? Well, I guess it's probably not. You want yeah, it's getting face. shit asked. Is what this there you go. <laughs> I told you there's gonna be swearing this episode. I called it. That was a good. That was a good uh-huh. Call. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think I hope that answers the question. <laughs> that uh, was a good so, note to end on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.